Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And how are you? I'm great. You're great? Yes. That's good. How was your vacation? It was great. That's great. Um, so, we are recording in a new location for the first time ever. We are recording in my new house. It's amazing. I'm thoroughly impressed. It's pretty fucking intense is what it is. Dave gave me the grand tour when I got here, and I told him that I would say I was impressed either way, but, like, I'm genuinely impressed. It's a really fucking nice house. that's such bullshit, man. I'm telling you, if it was, let's say, 70% shittier, okay, you would say, Dave, I'm really impressed. And I would say I was impressed, but I actually am impressed. You would say that no matter what. No, I wouldn't. That exact fucking perfect version of it. Do you think I'm bullshitting you when I say No, I think it's it's an impressive house. It's a fucking really nice house. Why don't you describe it? There's, I was most taken aback by the floors. It's all these hardwood floors, and it's like really nice kind of cherry-looking wood. And then it's got that gloss on it, and it's everywhere. It's on every floor. There's a totally finished basement and attic with ample space, giant fucking backyard, like a football field almost. Two-car garage with garage attic. Two-car garage. I took my dad my dad to the garage. And uh, and we had to put something in the garage attic. So you have this big, long ladder that goes down. I was like, Dad, come up here. He goes, I don't want to go up there. I was like, Dad, come up here. And he climbs up the attic. And I said, Dad, when you're too old to care for yourself, you can stay here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dad's like never lived in a house like that because he's been in the city forever. So have I. I've never <laughs> lived in a house like this. I know, but now you do. Well, this like is- to your dad, this is like, this is weird. What did he say? Well, he's got a house upstate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's excited. I mean, you have to understand. It's like, it's funny. His baby boy, the junkie, has this fucking amazing house. Well, excuse me. It's very dopey. Like, and, Oh, and the town. I have came here before because Dave had an apartment around the corner, but I always come right off the Long Island Expressway and I just drive straight to the apartment. But Dave took me to the town. It is really fucking fancy. It's like a little slight. You know what it is? It's like a little town out of like... A Steven Spielberg movie, like Pleasantville, or it's something. like a you know what I mean, right? It's like it's like a it's like the seventies eighties kind of thing. The the movie theater is like a was it a marquee? What do you call that? It's like an you old know where they movie like where theater. they like take the like somebody has like a pole and they put the letters up like one by one. You know? Do they do that? Is it like that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> and it says Incredibles two coming June fourteenth. That movie theater, five bucks a ticket. Really, five bucks a ticket. Really? Is it those old bucket seats that like yeah. cut off at your shoulder plates? But who cares? It's yeah. five bucks a ticket. I went to a movie theater in Bakersfield, California that was a dollar a ticket. When? When I lived in Bakersfield. At when the, was the that? The brain injury place. How, <laughs> how much do you think that how much do you think it is now there? A two. It was so? fucking ghetto, man. Like the the floor was so sticky. Everybody like the movie would be going and you just hear things opening. Like they didn't give a fuck if you brought beer in. People constantly cracking cans, you know what I mean? Was the brain injury place in Bakersfield? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Bakersfield, man. That's in the middle of the of, of California. Yeah, what happened is that they started getting a really bad gang problem there because all these like Mexican families, their kids would start like gang banging and shit. In L.A. And like, Isn't it so weird that gangbanging means gangs fighting and it also means like <laughs> yeah. 10 guys fucking a chick? Yeah. It's like so weird that it's the same thing. Why would that be? Yeah. 
I don't know. It is weird. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that just it's bizarre? These guys gangbanging. You see these fucking cholos fucking some porn star. Yeah. And then you see some other dudes like fighting. I don't yeah. know. I think that's funny. Dude, I was in this thing the other day and uh, they were doing icebreakers, right? And um, I can't really elaborate more than that. What do you where, mean there? Where was do an icebreaker before like you started like um, uh, a, a, a meeting, right? And um, like a group, yeah. And it was supposed to tell a joke. So it was group therapy. It was something like that, right? And so um, you had to tell a joke, right? And so this one person tells a joke, and his joke is, "What is something that ten people like and one person doesn't?" That's funny. And he said, "Gang rape." Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but this guy was like a sick was, person? No, he just was like, it didn't make, like, it didn't fit his personality. Everyone was like, dude, that's like. So what did they, what did they say to that? Everybody was just kind of like, what the fuck? It was like, huh? Like, that's What's one thing that 10 people like and one person doesn't gang rape? That's terrible. So Anyway, so all these gang bangers in fucking uh, L.A. It's true, though. Mexican- Do you think all 10 guys that are raping are enjoying it? I <laughs> doubt it. There's probably one rapist who's like, really? I got a rapist. I, my boy is like, but he doesn't want to do it. There's probably more than one. Yeah. <laughs> you think 10 guys in a gang rape all are, are really interested in, in gang rape? I don't know, man. I don't know that. <laughs> The psychodynamics the of that? Of that should be your thesis. <laughs> Who likes to do the raping least in the group? Oh, man. Yeah. I think, and then I mean, maybe, I mean, I think if it's, you're in prison, it might be a rape or be raped mentality. So there's probably a lot of people participating in the rape that don't want to. I've never heard much about prison gang rape. I don't know much about it either. There really wasn't any rape when I was in jail. But gang rape is a whole other thing. I mean, I see prison rape as kind of an intimate moment between, like, a, a bully and his punk kind of thing. Yeah, but I think that there's gang rape scenarios in prison as well. It's just terrible. Anyway, so there's Mexican gangbangers, kids, right? They'll be, like, you know, maybe a family, and it, and they'd be in, like, East L.A. or something like that. And they'd be like, you know what? Like, the parents, you know, are, like, hardworking immigrants from Mexico, and their kids are going astray. And they're like, you know, let's gather our resources, and we need to move out of, like, the barrio. We're moving to Bakersfield, you know? And there's, like, good, like, job opportunities and stuff, and they moved to Mostly Bakersfield. Mostly farming, right? Yeah, but so then what ended up happening was this, a lot of families did this, and they brought all these kids who were these aspiring wannabe, like, had to prove something. Cholo and guys. then they all got together, and there was really bad gangs in Bakersfield. Because it was basically the worst people like the kids who were going astray from like good families and they came out there and then they got together and there was like really bad gang problem that's happening around here there's this whole ms whatever ms 13 i read something about trump and ms 13 or something he's talking about a town near here but um, because long island they said i'm really talking about butchering kids or something yeah i I don't i'm not up on current events yeah but i do i I have questions though when you say gang banging it's like you think of gangs fighting first. I, no, no. I say – if you say gang banging, if you say gang bang, if you say gang bang, yeah. I will immediately think something sexual. If you say gang banger, I immediately think of like a gang banger. You think of like a, a, a hoodlum, like yes. a criminal. Yes, like a, a hoodlum. I, I don't know. A gang banger. It just all smacks of like sexuality to me. I don't know. Even gang banger? Just banger with the gang, yeah. It sounds like it sounds like some porny thing. Any fucking guy. It's just I'm a little bit older, and like 
I don't know. There's just something about gang banger. It doesn't sound tough. Yeah. It just sounds like it sounds like a title was put on it. Like, but then again, I'm sure if you had some, you know, Mexican kid who's like, yeah, man, I'm a gangbanger kind yeah. of thing. Do they say that? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. There was a, a good Coolio line about uh, being a, a banger. And then, like, it's like, you know, I also don't like the expression finger banger. Like, I don't Who says that? Do you ever say that? I finger banged her? No. Oh, he's a loked out gangsta set trip and banger. A, banger. A, set, a set tripping banger. That, yeah, that's you know a, what set tripping is, right? I, I, something about I, calling out a crew. I was something. in I was in jail with a guy named Set Trip, and I always thought his name was Cedric and, <laughs> <laughs> until I learned what a set was. Because I didn't know, and it was like you actually because this is more like Crips and Bloods and stuff, and the black guys didn't really talk to like the white guys and Mexicans in jail where I was. You know, it was like pretty separate, and so. And I was always in deseg. I was always in segregated dorms or cells. And then finally, in the end, I was in a, a desegregated barracks. So there was black people in there. And there was this guy I thought Cedric, but his real name was Set Trip. So what's Set Trip? Set Tripping is like you have your set, and it's kind of like your gang, but it's like kind of like your gang within the gang. And this might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Daniel Heron, if you're listening, you can fix this. Um, but so like a set would be like, you know, like the Crips like war with each other constantly and there's all different sets and like, it's a lot of times off your street. Do you like know what I mean? the monkey be like gang, the eight, 13th like, Avenue, crazy like, Crips. Yeah. Well, it would be like eight tray, it'd be like the eight tray, uh, gangsters or whatever, the eight tray set. And that'd be like 83 street, 83rd street. And the eight tray right. gangsters will be like up with like the five tray gangsters, like 53rd street. But what about the so monkey face Broadway tripping I think if, if set guys? <laughs> So if you're set tripping, I think you're like constantly like worn with the other set. You're set tripping. That's how I took it. Because you're constantly at war. Set trip. Cedric, a.k.a. set trip. They once um, – What's his real name, Cedric? I don't know what his real name was. But they did um, – He's like, why you be calling me Cedric, fool? They played I'm set trip. They played Beat It by Michael Jackson on the speakers once. The guards did. Mm-hmm. And he fucking went out there and danced to it. It was amazing. He did it in front of 200 people, set trip. He got down. He could really dance. Did he do like the beat it choreography? He did like exactly however Michael Jackson did it. Well, Michael, I mean, if you know anything about beat it. Do you know anything about beat it? No. Beat it. Uh, I know about eat it. The, what do you, the weird Al Yankovic knockoff. You can't even pronounce Weird Al's name right. <laughs> All right, what is it? Tell me about Beat It. In Beat It, the video, there's warring gangs. Yeah. Gang bangers, if yeah. you will. And they're about to have a rumble. So that's really fitting that Set Trip was dancing to Beat yes. It. <laughs> yeah. And in the thing, okay, so it's these two gangs. They converge on each other. They tie their wrists together. They each have a switch played, and they start dancing like they're trying to stab each other. Yeah. Then Michael Jackson comes in, grabs one, grabs the other, and they all dance with him. Oh, and they bring it together. Yes. Do you think the guards, when they played Beat It, knew the history and thought they were trying to unify the barracks? The sets. And then Set Trip got out there and... and set Trip. Wow. That's just blew my mind. What did what have you learned from this? That's just amazing. I, I I didn't even know. You know what I mean? There's a whole another reality behind what we perceive. Yes, this is good. It's and good. this is like ten. This is twelve years later, and it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. So we're in the new house. It's fucking amazing. It really is. 
Thank you. You deserve this. You said before Dave I didn't said, deserve nah, this. I know, but you really do deserve it. And we, before we started recording, we went to 7-Eleven to pick up some shit. And um, I, Dave said that it's the promises coming true. And for the people who don't know what that is, there's a, a set of um, – the ninth step promises was part of you know uh, AA and it's uh, – I thought you're not supposed to mention AA. It's part of a 12-step group. Yeah. And um, a certain twelve-step group. Can you recite them? No. Oh. I can also say this: that I never. I hate the idea of the promises. Yeah. I hate the two words together as the promises almost as much as I hate gang banging. Yeah. It's just I don't like how it sounds. But they promise you all sorts of good stuff, and then they promise you a life beyond your wildest dreams. And I was, always was very resentful when I heard about it and thought they were straight tripping, if you get my drift. I do. And, uh, and now I'm really literally living a life beyond my wildest dreams. And all I have to do is give $100 every day to Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> I'm trying to look them up right now because someone did something really um, – uh, here you go. Images. Gonna- the truth is you don't have to give them any money. You don't have to do anything. Dude, it's like – how culty have I become? Do you think I sound straight culty? Uh, no. Okay, so the promise is this guy did something really creative. Um, he added when I drink or when I drug before all the promises. That's another thing I cannot stand, by the way. When I drug? You don't like, like that line? drug as a verb? It's like when I do drugs, when I get high, when I drug... Can you, I mean, it's like, do you ever, it's like you say it in meetings because it's like the language you're supposed to say. Like drinking drugs. I don't know. I haven't been to a meeting in months, but. Um, Why not? Don't you don't need it. I <laughs> do need it. I really fucking need it. I've been thinking I got to go back. Why not? I still talk to my sponsees and stuff. And you're I, like, uh, I don't go to meetings, but, but maybe you guys should. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Why don't you go? I've just been busy, man. I've got mm. a lot going on. Mm. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Just for an hour. Big deal. Yeah. It'll be done. Yeah. You know, just to keep the pipes clean. Yeah. Anyways, though, so when I went there, I said, you know, Dave mentioned the promise. And it is, man. It's a fucking sweet thing. You got a new baby. New baby. house. The new baby is so... So is it true? They talk about when a a woman's pregnant. Yes. That they bond with the fetus, you know, and stuff like that. Inside. Inside. And that for a man, it like means nothing, basically. And it's like some, like for most men, but the, a man doesn't actually bond with the baby or have like start to have like a real like release of oxytocin and stuff when they, until they hold the infant. Is there a bonding thing when you hold it or no? Is it well, surreal or is it just like first thing a lump I want to say? Okay, uh, I'm bonding with the baby now. Yeah, the baby's like nine days old. Yeah. But it's like, what I always say is, I didn't bond with my first daughter, really, until yeah. she was, like, talking a until little bit. Until she was a person. That's, laughing, what, that's what Colin said, too. You know, it's that. like, as, you know, this baby. When they start to come alive. This baby, I'm bonding with way more than with my first at, at a younger age, because I was high. Are you present? I, I was high. I mean, like, tonight was, like, this really weird thing, because I didn't tell Linda that we were definitely recording. So I had it as like a secret in my head. And it reminded me when... Why are you shaking your head at me for? Because we almost lost Dopey when you did that. 
What do you mean? <laughs> you see, when we started Dopey, we recorded 10 episodes, yeah. and then you were out to eat with Linda, and you're like, by the way, I started this podcast, yeah. and she freaked out, and you called me and said, take it down. And I did. I deleted Dopey for a couple days. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to take us back for a second to so some... So you were having old behaviors, keeping a secret that we were recording tonight. Well, I was holding on to the secret, and... uh and I was like getting excited about it. Yeah. And like, and I was really like treating it like getting high. Yeah. Like I was getting excited about recording and I wasn't talking about it. And I was like, I was like trying to be nicer because I knew that when I had to say I was going to leave, <laughs> it was going to be bad. I do so I wanted thing. to leave on like a good note. Yeah. You know, and um, I do that when I want to have sex. Well, that's you being nice to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But it really reminded me of, uh, serious dopey dopey story which was when our first baby was very little um i was using i was at that point where i was using like i was using heroin i was smoking weed every day i had a prescription for xanax i was taking pills every day but i was only taking one two milligram pill every day like in one dose yeah Yeah. we still feel that i'd get high yeah but i was shooting dope Once a week, twice a week, I was in that moment where I was between twice and three times a week. You're in that phase that we all tell ourselves that we're like that's 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 as far as we'll let it go, or (laughs) that's as far as we'll let it go, or I've got this. Yeah, you know this is not that. Yeah, this isn't that. You were slamming three times a week. That's like impossible. Well, for a couple weeks, it's very possible. Oh, yeah. It's that twilight <laughs> yeah. moment yeah, between, yeah. between sunshine and darkness. Yeah. You know? So I um, – and I was starting to become dependent. So – and I and – <laughs> yeah. That's like just enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like planning – like also like I was getting – I was going into the beginnings of withdrawal. Yeah. But it was still so like footloose and fancy free that it yeah. didn't matter. I had like a freezer full of weed and big bags. Like my cousin would give me huge nuggets and I had like stalks of weed in my freezer. I had pills that were prescribed for me in my cabinet. And you were in Lower East Side? No, we were in Astoria. Oh, okay. We were in Astoria and – um and I had this dealer. I'd, it's like you, I knew that I was in trouble because before then I was like copping dope from random guys yeah. at this Bowery methadone clinic. Oh. No, no, no. At this methadone clinic, you know, there'd be random guys but downstairs. But on the street or where? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. It was the spot where I would I don't go. miss that at all. It's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> but at the time, at that point, it was terrible. But when I was younger, there was a certain thrill to it. Um, Dude, there's always was a thrill to it, but it was like also the th- part of the thrill was extreme paranoia and fear. Well, put it like this. I, um, I had gotten to the point where I was doing it so regularly that I had to stop doing it randomly because I couldn't handle it. There was, you know, like there's so many chances of being out in the street yeah, and getting caught. It's about the cops. Yeah. He's afraid yeah. he didn't get busted. Yeah. Exactly. So I, so I had so I had met somebody and he was so happy to meet me because I would, he, it was a regular thing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, and I had to like rush home from work or something. Yeah. And I was like, listen, you're going to have to meet me in Queens, uh, but you can't come to my house because uh, you can't. I'm what do you say? And wife. He goes, you're going to have to pay me this, this, this. He goes, he goes, what do I do? I said, you take the N train to 30th Avenue. You come. It's an elevated platform. You come down the steps 
and I will be there. Yeah. And and then like I'm talking to Linda and like I'm the timing is like has to be so precise. Yeah. And I'm trying to set it up how I can leave, you know, yeah. in order to to meet this guy. Yeah. And so I I'm like Did you go outside for cigarettes at that point? Uh, yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't in the works. Yeah. That was not going to be the plan. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I needed more of a window. Yeah. than just to go buy a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was I said I said, oh, my God, I forgot to do the laundry, you know, and like and like I had like saved this laundry and I like and we also had laundry to pick up. So I was like and I'm waiting for him. I'm like hanging out with Linda and I'm like waiting for her to call me. Yeah. And this and that. Yeah. And then like, and I'm nervous and I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like because you don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you're feeling like sick and, you need it. Yeah, yeah. and uncomfortable at the same time. And, uh, then I get the the call. I'm getting on the train. Yeah. Okay. So I know that it's going to take him. (laughs) You got to time it. I said, I said, I said, don't text me when you're at the platform. Text me when you get on the train. Yeah. So he's like, I'm on the train. So I'm like hanging out. And then then I leave like eight minutes later. Yeah. I go to the laundromat and I come out of the laundromat and he's there. Yeah. And I get it. So you planned it right. How much extra do you have to pay for that? I don't know, 20 bucks, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. I didn't care. I had money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I come home. Uh, Linda's watching. Uh, Linda had a routine where she would eat a ton of ice cream and watch TV and fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. And that's when I knew that I could close the door yeah. to the to the office yeah. and get high. And she was watching The Bachelorette, and yeah. she knows that I'm not interested in watching The Bachelorette. Yeah. So she has her ice cream, and she lays down on the couch, and, and I'm, like, so anxious to get high because yeah. it's just when my addiction is yeah. really coming to life. Yeah. It's going from nothing to full blown. Yeah. And I go into the back, and I, and I have a needle and a spoon, and I cook it up, and I draw it back. And I don't know if I had hit it or not. I think I had hit it once. Yeah. And then I, like, drew another shot up. Yeah. And I'm lying there. I'm just, like, lying on a couch watching TV. Yeah. And she opens the door, and she's in the doorway, and she says, I just wanted to say goodnight. And I was sure that she had seen everything. Yeah. But she hadn't. Yeah. And I copped to everything. You told her what happened? I said, oh, my God. Because it was lying on my belly. Yeah. The needle. Yeah. But she couldn't see it in yeah. the shirt. And I just told her. Yeah. And she... It was like I fucking killed her. Yeah. And she like went quiet. Then then she started crying and she kicked me out. Yeah. And uh, and she left our apartment with our um, six-month-old daughter. Yeah. She told me if I didn't leave. She said, no, she didn't leave. She told me if I didn't leave that her father was going to drive down and kick the shit out of me. Yeah. And her father was this boxer, yeah, bodybuilder. Yeah, I was a pretty tough guy. Yeah. And, and um, what the fuck was that? That was a ghost. <laughs> it was scary. We got to pause it. No, it's fine. Okay, but what do you think that was? It was the door closing. It's fine. Which door? It's fine. Your house has been here for 100 years. But what if somebody's in the house? Nobody's in the house. Keep going. I'm very interested. I'm going to lose, so, lose my attention. So I... Um, she says I have to leave, yeah. and um, or my her father's going to come and kick the shit out of me, and and I'm just begging for forgiveness, you know. And I'm just a junkie, yeah. You know, I'm just like, 
I have no chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I had no chance in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So I, what happened? Did you leave? I took the dope. I put it in my backpack. I went to my dad's house. I, uh, did you tell your dad what happened? I told my dad what happened. What did he say? He was very upset. <laughs> very upset. I, mean, I can picture what he, exactly how he reacted. I don't even know why I'm asking. And then I closed my door yeah. and I shot the rest of the dope. Yeah, of course. And then the next day I tried to plead with her and tell her I would do this or that. And uh, it didn't pan out. I tip my hat to Linda for holding her ground. Then she moved out. She moved to her parents' house. And I lived in Astoria. And I developed one of the biggest habits I ever had. You had to shoot away? What happened, too? What? Trying to forget what happened on top of just being a junkie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You had this emotional fucking, like, undercurrent of just probably depression, guilt, shame. Like, trying to slam that away on top of just the regular... Guilt, shame, and depression of using. I and I had money. Yeah, and I had a kid, yeah. and I didn't know it was like what you when you asked me about bonding with the kid. I know that's. I get why you're telling the story. The kid was so little, and and my daughter had hip dysplasia, so yeah. she was in a full body harness. Oh, so was Arden, my sister. Yeah. Um and um, and I hadn't bonded with her. Yeah. At that point, but I loved her. Yeah. You know and. Uh, and they left, and uh, I knew that I had fucked up. You yeah. know, I knew that, like, I had fucked up so bad. Yeah. And, but then I just start, and then I, Todd was coming over every day. Yeah. We were getting high every day. That's where the seizure story happened. Yeah. After Linda was gone. Yeah. In that apartment. Yeah. And I was just, like, going balls out, using, using, using. Yeah. And I, and then I got, then I left the story. I got the apartment on the Lower East Side. Using, 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 you know, shooting $300 a day, $300 yeah. a day for months Yeah. until Mountainside. Yeah. You and know, I met you. Yeah. And then it took another. I've, and then at Mountainside, I, that's when you were, you started telling me all this shit. Right. Not the story, not that story. You never actually told me that whole story, but I remember you just talking about your daughter and you need your daughter back and Linda. And- right. I needed to fix it. I fucked up. Yeah. And then, you know. We're and talking- I heard about that for years. But we're talking, and then we're talking about eight years later. Yeah, we have another kid. Yeah, we have a house, <laughs> and it's all because uh, of recovery. Yeah, it's because I did I did the right thing, and I for no second uh, want to take for granted what I did or thought it was cool or like I don't want that story to be anything besides I was in hell, and I had no idea. I, I didn't even recognize where I was. It was so bad. Like, I didn't know what the family could develop into because I had no fucking clue. It's so interesting, though, because you talk about the story and being on the other side, you're able to recognize it for what it is. But when somebody's in active addiction and they hear that piece, they're like, well, shooting $300 a day, having an apartment and money. Like, it sounds pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, and Right, but that was going to – then I also – like, when I went to rehab, I had gotten fired – the day before. Yeah. You know, they the guys were like... When I met you, you had gotten fired the day before? I had lost the manager job. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was, yeah. like, in line to possibly own the store. Yeah. And the, the kid who owns the store now was basically, like, him and his dad were just, like, following me around the restaurant, like, watching me nod out. I was, like, eating fries off customers' tables. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, a fucking mess. Yeah. And, um... 
I don't know. It's just like it's just amazing, like to be sitting here. And I'm not eight years clean. You know, I'm going to be three years clean this summer. But it was even though even after Mountainside, your relapse wasn't quite on the same level. No, it wasn't close. No, and I and I and I really bonded. and that's something I think it's good to just reiterate for the Dopey Nation is that if you do go back out or if you are currently relapsing and trying to get clean. It doesn't have to be as bad as it was before, and you can come back in. That's for not damn that you sure. can mitigate the consequences because it's going to get just as bad unless you stop. But you you can also stop, make a decision to do something. You may not just make a decision to just stop and stop. Make a decision to do something. Explain to stop. that in layman's terms a little I'm, bit. I, I'm I, saying, I lost you on mitigate. I'm saying they they if you're relapsing at any point, you can make a decision. To do something to stop. And that doesn't mean I'm going to marshal my will and not use tomorrow because we tell ourselves that shit all the time. We just keep using it. It'll just keep getting worse. The decision is call somebody, tell them. Go to detox. Go to a meeting. Take action. That's well, the only me, way to stop. My my comeback. You to know, stay like, stopped. Like I remember I, I white-knuckled it for 18 months to get custody yeah. of my kid. And then after I had 18 months, I was like, I'm a stoner. I just want to smoke weed. And, like, I kind of enjoyed smoking weed. Um, and I enjoyed being a dad, and I did that. But, like, I could not accumulate life in the way that I can now, sober. Yeah. It's like when, you're, when I was smoking weed, my accumulation of life, maturity, being able to do the next right thing, being able to not fuck shit up, yeah. was uh, what does mitigate mean? Uh, to like uh, make less, to interrupt maybe. I, I was it mitigated? I think I would say to make less. That's what I'm gonna go. To, to I want to tell you this story real quick. Mitigated to interrupt to make less. Let me see. Hold on, I need to see this. To make less severe, serious, or painful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, I I don't think I'll ever be able to use that word in a sentence. Use the yeah, word. But in what sentence. did you say earlier? You said something I've heard you say on the show before. You like fancy footwork with all those F's. What was that thing? It's a little line you have. I've heard you use it once before on the show. I don't know what you're something talking about. Something about fancy footwork. I've it's never like, said fancy. In footwork. this show, you said like five F's, like floral, flower, fleal, or something like that. In the beginning, you said something when we were talking about Bakersfield. You're like fleeting fancies of footwork. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It was like three F's in a row. You know what that is? Onomatopoeia? No, it's an alliteration. Alliteration. What is onomatopoeia? I don't know. I think it's when things sound like what they are. Yeah. 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 Um, here's another story. An interesting story. Uh, and I meant to tell this on Dopey recently. Maybe I did. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, about a month ago. I started going to a meeting again, like yeah. a real meeting. And, I'm, and and the chair of the meeting is this young girl, and, like, she's cute, whatever, but, like, she just looked like some punk rock, hippie, cute girl. Yeah. And I'm in the back, and I start to share, and her eyes light up. And I was like, I was like, does this girl Oh, you like, told me this. I was yeah, like, yeah. does this girl like me? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, and I don't, I don't, like, look good anymore. And, like, you know, I'm, like, old and, like... You know, people aren't looking at me the way they used to. Um, but at the end of the meeting, I'm leaving, and the girl in the front points to her ankle 
and on her ankle, she has the dopey tattoo. It was, um, what the fuck's her name? It was Hannah. Hannah, yeah. So Hannah... So wait, you just started talking to you. Was this something you said, or was it your voice that she knew it was you? It was my voice, and I said... Had I Had you met her before? No. <laughs> That's so funny. I never yeah, met I, her. So Hannah's the girl that got the tattoo. If you Google good so bad, you can see Hannah doing a cover while on the street begging. On Bleecker Street. It's on called Bleecker busking Street. when you play music for money. It's not oh, called okay. begging. Anyway, so... Is it better than begging? Yeah. Okay. Begging is, hey, dude, can you spare <laughs> some change? And busking is like playing a song. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so you, Hannah... So Hannah, Hannah, like, is on methadone still. And uh, and I had this idea to do the methadone minute on Dopey where we would record oh, methadonians yeah, yeah. talk. And, and Hannah was like, come meet me at this methadone clinic at so-and-so time. And I had some time before work, so I went to go meet her at this methadone clinic. And she, like, didn't show up. So I'm, like, sitting there, like, reading a book, like, hanging out at the methadone clinic. I'm just <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? And then and then she gets there, and there's this dude with her. Young dude, you know, he's, like, 35. Yeah. You know, he seems like he has his shit together, but he's, like, a mess at the same time. Yeah. And it turns out he just had a baby, and his girlfriend just caught him with the needle and kicked him out same story and i was like and i was like oh my i couldn't believe it yeah do you know what i mean that's crazy i I was just like blown away it's a todd shot it's a fucking todd shot (laughs) fucking todd you know well before you go on a todd rant two things i want to say about hannah number one is didn't she come to new york city like a year ago a year and a half ago in like a, a like a van that she had you won't believe the story and she's she just has. been in new york city this whole time the whole time she, she she came in like a van remember she told me a story that she had and she'll come on the show and yeah. tell us because she has crazy stories she yeah. told me this story that you know she had the van parked like by the river or something in yeah Brooklyn. she was like sleeping in the van she's like a that. punk rock crusty squatter yeah, type yeah and um and she like got close to this drug dealer and she wasn't and you know they're friendly whatever yeah. i don't think she was fucking him i don't know yeah. whatever um he moves into the van okay <laughs> and like so he wasn't a very successful drug dealer yeah you know he was one of these guys <laughs> he was a user he was like a dealer. tony a user, a user dealer yeah like <laughs> yeah. a tony maloney and he moves into her van, and she would go out, and she would—I don't know if she was working or busking or begging or whatever yeah. she was doing—and she would try to get enough money to score, and then she'd come home to score, yeah. you know. And then one time, she—and he's never not there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. And she comes home, and he's not there, and she finds his stash, and she does his whole stash, and he never comes back. And it turns out he had gotten arrested. That's and he had crazy. left the stash in her van. Oh, my God. I know. That's a crazy story. Also, where the fuck do you park a van and not have to move it in New York City? I don't know. She's probably got a billion stories. Oh, she's got a ton. I, one other thing I want to say about Hannah. So, Dopey Nation, Hannah was this uh, this girl that we, we offered to pay if somebody was going to get the Dopey tattoo. And we had several people that were interested, and Hannah actually did it. And looks good, by the way. It looks pretty good. Oh, I hadn't seen it in person. But it looks yeah. really tight. It's and, very clean. And so the dude who did it, though, was this guy that I had met. It's a whole different funny story. But it was the, the tattoo stories dopey. Is this guy, Tattoo Rob, who... His name is Ryan. Ryan. I mean, sorry, Tattoo <laughs> Ryan. Someone I had known from the rooms in Brooklyn years and years ago. And uh, anyways, so he... Uh, we had her go get it done 
um, with Ryan and um, we were going to have a deal with Ryan, which was anybody who wanted to get the dopey tattoo could go get it from him and we would advertise his shop. Uh, on Dopey, and you know, we would just trade services, you know, for advertisement. And so, anyways, Hannah goes, gets the tattoo, and then <laughs> I get a text from Ryan that's like, "Hey, man, can you actually just pay me for this tattoo? I'm not sure this is the type of clients that I want to be marketing to." <laughs> I mean, he's like, Hannah's really, really sweet and nice, but like, it's not really who I want coming into my shop. I hate that story. It gets me angry. Why? Because he's an ex. Well, he's not. He wasn't a junkie. He was like an alcoholic, uh, hallucinogenic. He's an interesting, weird guy. He's into like snakes and shit. He's just a fucking snob. <laughs> you know, he's like he thinks he's the fucking shit. I don't want your junky, dopey people coming. Pay me. I mean, well, he's trying to make a life. You know, he's a. I think he's like a, actually makes a sh- pretty decent living from the tattoo. He's like an artist. You know, he's not just. I, just, I like how you do air quotes for artists. He's an artist. He's, he's like, nice. he's very talented, yeah. but he's a dick. But I'll tell you, one character defect that I cannot give up is character assassination. And I can't give up people-pleasing. Right here, you start assassinating Ryan, I start defending him. We probably think pretty much the same exact thing about him. It's so- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny, isn't it? I, I honestly, like, no, all jokes aside, I think we have the same exact opinion about him. And we approach it in two totally different ways, the way we discuss it. It's really interesting. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it is. Um, so that's... that's. we got to do the ad. we got to do the ad. All right. So um, this episode is brought to you by um, I, I Am, Am Sober, Sober app. There you go. Available on the iTunes app store. Yeah. So I would really like it. There's probably, I don't know, 4,000 4, people will listen to this episode. Let's hope for 4,500. Fine. W- within 30 days. That's within 30 days. If you guys are listening, yeah. download the fucking app. Yeah. Let's see if we can get 50 of you to do it. It's free. Yeah. I have it. Yeah, and just, I mean, how are they going to know, though, that the dopey sent them? It's just, it's just. Just because we're professionals. I just That's want our, wanna something, we, I want our ad to work. Yeah. You know, we're terrible. And it's something we can get behind. Yes. Yeah. It's a great way to keep track of your clean time. Yeah. Clean time yeah. is the backbone of early recovery. Clean time from various substances, too. I guess you clean time de- is, the, is, all of rec- is all that recovery is, in a nah, way. It depends how you define clean time. I'm just saying, if you're not clean, you're not in recovery. I don't agree with that. Talk to me. Um, I think that uh, if somebody was shooting dope and they uh, were going to die and they were doing it for 20 years and... They smoke pot occasionally, and somehow that works for them. They're not clean, but I would say that they have something that looks like recovery. So where's clean time in there? They're not clean because they're doing – you said clean time is recovery. It's everything. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. I'm saying you can't – I'm saying it's the opposite. I'm saying you can't – you can't not be using drugs and be clean. You can't what? Be using drugs and be clean. You can't be using drugs and be clean. No, but the, you, you could be clean from one substance. Do you know what I mean? Well, does the I Am Sober app keep track of various It does. Substances? It, it keeps class of various specific substances. And you and me, and I'd say, I'd venture to say eight, 98% of you listening who might be afflicted probably need to give up every single thing if you want to recover. 
and have but a I decent life. Todd, because I think Todd could just smoke weed. Yeah, right, dude. I think Todd is one of the. 2%. I, I hope he can smoke weed and get away with it, you know, and not go back to dope. But the the the, the you know Todd's getting arrested most- at this moment for loitering in the project lobby. Yeah. <laughs> I am sober. App is a really amazing app, though. Yeah, and you can uh, look up uh, clinicians and rehabs, and there's other features associated with this app. Keep track of your clean time. You can do a little inventory on there. Yeah. You can use it to maybe mitigate a relapse. Perhaps. <laughs> and that's the Do you think that's a decent end? I think that was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, oh, should we play the voice memo now? Sure. It's a quick one. Go, go you ready? It. Yeah. Right. Uh, small doggy story. Uh, me and my friend were uh, doing lots of uh, cocaine, went to a nightclub. Dancing, drinking, and uh, taking turns to go to the bathroom and have a little coke. Uh, uh, we uh, ran into these business guys from sort of Pakistan or whatever. They asked us, "Hey, where can we cop dope? Where we can where can we get cocaine?" And uh, my friend, being a, a really rich and nice dude. Uh, said, uh, I'll help you out with a phone number, but in the meanwhile, here's my stash. Go to the bathroom. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you in a couple of minutes. And these guys, two Pakistani guys, went to the bedroom, uh, bathroom, uh, did their thing, and walked away. They went out and stole our dope. So me and my friend were stuck there in this club, and these guys didn't come back. So we were pretty pissed, and it being Amsterdam, and in the small talk we we had with those guys, we we knew in uh, uh, which hotel they were staying, pretty posh uh, Japanese hotel, the Okura Hotel. And my friend said, well, wherever they went in Amsterdam, all bars closed around four or five, so... Around 5 o'clock, they will arrive at their hotel, and we can, I don't know, get these guys. So we jumped in a cab, went to their hotel, the Okura, sat in the lobby. At that time, you could still smoke cigars. So we sat there drinking vodka, uh, smoking cigars, waiting for uh, limos and taxis to pull up to the front door, and sure enough, like 20 minutes after 4 o'clock, after all the bars had closed, these guys showed up who stole our coke, who, who never came back. So we stood up, we confronted the guys. They were, yeah, they, uh, were brown-skinned guys, but they turned really, really pale. They were scared shitless. And we said, dudes, what the fuck about our cocaine? Of course, they snorted it all. Guy pulled out his wallet, had the biggest, biggest water cash I have ever seen. And, I don't know, uh, gave us close to $900. And, uh, of course, a week up cocaine and had a, a hell of a night for the rest of the night, so toodles and yeah, I I had a cat called toodles 
that's it. <laughs> so, doodles. Oh, wait, he said more at the end. He said, Yeah, I, I had a cat called Toodles. Did you say, she said before. Cheers, guys. Did you say, I had a cat called Toodles? Yeah. Oh, wow. Listen, great story. <laughs> it was great. Dude, you don't even know. This guy sent with this. A little bit later, a 21-minute voice memo. That's the that guy? was pure gold. And um, you got to ask him if he can play it. His voice no, is so I can't, amazing. No, he can't. He wouldn't want to play. He went and deleted. I actually asked him if I could play this one. I said we won't play the 21. So he was drunk when he recorded this. So he's not clean. No, he's clean right now. He said he's he's happy. What's he's, his name? Ben. I don't know. We can't say his name, so I'll to bleep that. We're not supposed to say his name. So this dude, man, I want to hear more from this guy. You got to listen to his his voice. The other voice memo, I just I, it's it's really good. He's a little bit drunker. It's really long. It's pretty raw, and he he talks about treatment and his views on treatment and stuff. And they're really good. And then he talks about his rock bottoms, and the rock bottom is like an extremely shameful low rock bottom. It's bad. <laughs> It was like one of the ones that's like, we shouldn't even play it. I really want to hear it. It sounds interesting to me. Yeah. Um, now, I want to move on, and I want to talk about our friend, Artie Lang. I can't. Okay, so I, Dave told me when we went to 7-Eleven that he was going to tell this story. And I was totally taken aback, because for those of you who are... Uh, you know, weekly listeners, you were up to date where those few episodes, you know, uh, Artie was supposed to come on and stuff and Dave was talking to him. And so something happened with Artie during that period that was fucking pure gold. But Dave's like, I can't say it. We can't say it. And Dave said he is going to say it tonight. So this is fucking, Dopey Nation, you won't even believe what happened with Artie. It is insane. I have two Artie stories. One of them is so sad, I, I can't tell it. The other one, I wasn't going to tell because it seemed to me that Artie was going to come on the show. And then we get to say it on the show with him. And now it seems to me like he's not going to I don't come even on think show. he'd care if you said it. You were just being polite. Like, I don't even think he'd mind if you told this. One story. day ago, this article came out Artie Lang, to avoid prison for heroin charges, expected to get probation. This came out yesterday? Yes. It's not coming up. Okay. It looks like Artie Lang will avoid the slammer. Pals close to the troubled comedian told RadarOnline.com exclusively that come June 1st, which is also my birthday, Dopey Nation, uh, Lang will appear in court with a simple slap on the wrist following his drug possession charges. Excuse me. A deal is set up already. He has to pay a fine and be put on probation. The insiders revealed. Um, Judge Nancy Civilli of the Essex County Court in New Jersey is expected to let Lang off the hook as long as he remains sober, but pals are worried that Lang could relapse while on probation. It's a long probation term. I don't think he'll make it. He's using it right now. (laughs) Yes. Um, it will be hard for Artie when they put him on probation. That's what I'm worried about. Lang seemed to be in good spirits on Wednesday when he posted a photo of himself on Twitter. Uh, appearing to have lost a significant amount of weight. he oh, did, he's doing coke now. He did lose a lot of weight. I mean, he's been in the hospital for six days. They don't give him junk food in the hospital. He's been eating healthy. He combs his hair. He looks good. That's good. The 50-year-old has been hospitalized repeatedly throughout the year as he, subs- as he struggles with substance abuse and diabetes. Lang's hearing has already been postponed four times since February because of his ongoing health struggles. 
Um, most recently, his May 18th hearing was pushed back due to an emergency nasal infection operation he went. In December, Lang, 50 years old, pleaded guilty to heroin possession. Now, Wait, so do, uh, first of all, does Artie, I feel bad saying, oh, he's probably doing coke. You know what I mean? He's, he's afflicted heavily. And, and there was a period I really thought that you were actually going to help him get clean. There was a moment. Um, but it, what type of diabetes is it? Does he have to do shots? Do you know or pills? I don't know. Yeah. Um, what I do know, and the reason that I'm pretty sure that we're not going to get Artie on the show, is what I would do to get Artie on the show is I would go over to the Artie and Anthony show and I would talk to Artie after the Artie Anthony show. I went with you once. And I would go once a month and he, by the end of it, he knew my name and he would talk to me. And there's no more Artie and Anthony show. I'm saying recently they kicked him off the Artie and Anthony show. And I have to say, I don't know how he feels about it. I didn't, I, I think that Anthony Cumia just sucks. Yeah. I think he's like not a good host. Yeah. I think the two of them were just like doing shtick and there was no chemistry. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think Artie would do great on Dopey. Cause Did he all- tell drug stories in Artie and Anthony? No. They're no drug story. Well, what the a fuck couple. they talk about? Shtick. Like Mostly shtick. and shit. What do you mean? Sports and no, it was it was like a lot of politics. Kumia is like a conservative. Okay, it was a lot of politics. They did a. It's like to be honest, it was like seventy percent bad Andrew Dice Clay impressions. Okay, the Artie fans are going to come down on my head for this. I love Artie, but I don't think he was used properly on that show. Yeah, I think he sucked on that show, but not as bad as the show sucked. Yeah, Artie was good, but like the show was so bad, it was not hanging out with Artie. Okay, just tell the fucking story. I'm not story. done. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. So dude. then um, I had Artie's number. And, and for a little bit, I would text him and he'd like text me back and whatever. And then he said one Friday he was going to come on the show. And now now his number's changed also. So there's no more Artie and Anthony show. You can't show. wait for him and you can't get in contact. It's just through the regular outlets. Yeah, I, I have to go to his sh- the, a comedy stand-up show. Yeah, I have to tweet at him. Yeah. I will. No, I will. All right. I will find him yeah. and I will get him on the motherfucking show. Okay, good. I'm not giving up. Yeah. But I'm so annoyed at this. And he's back on Crashing, which is a good show. Did you ever watch Crashing? No, you told me to. You guys should watch Crashing. It's good. He's great on it. Yeah. Anyway, and it's like, excuse me. I drink too much seltzer. I'm just burping. Fucking, I need to, uh, I, I, I'm, so, I'm like an annoying, I'm like trying to fuck him. Yeah. And I'm failing. So I'm yeah. like one of these loser guys that sends too many texts to a girl. Oh, yeah. You were sending him so many texts. And he'd respond to every 12th text. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so let's go back in time, Dopey Nation, yeah. to this great Are you going to read the actual text? Yeah. There you go. All right. I'm going to read right. the actual... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, there's all these... I'm looking at, like, a relationship. Uh, like, the, 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 the <laughs> reminiscing on our tiny relationship. Like, I, and I have to say this. I, what, as you scroll through the messages? Yeah. I love Artie. Yeah. I love the way he talks. I love his jokes. He's pretty real too. He's if he's anything, he's, if he's anything, he's authentic. He's authentic. Yeah. I used to get high and listen to him on Stern. When he was on Stern, he was like a kid who got to be on the Stern Show, who loved the Stern Show. It was, yeah. He like did it for all the fans, yeah. and he was perfect. 
Anyway, here we go. Yeah. I found it. So get, set it up. Make sure they understand that. Okay. Right. So it was a Friday. Here. Um, hey, Dave. I was like, hey, man, how's this Friday night looking for us to go to Hoboken to record with you? He writes back, hey, Dave. And I like, get hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that should work. I've got a meeting at 2 p.m. in city, maybe late afternoon. I write, fucking awesome. Would you want to do it in Manhattan or Hoboken? I was thinking we could go to Hoboken at like 8 or 9. Does that work or would you rather do it earlier in the city? Why are you writing so much? I'm all excited. Then I wrote, sorry to be annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Then I write, write, yeah, we can't do it till nighttime. My co-host drives in from Boston. And I, and I normally would say partner, but I didn't want him to think we were gay. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. So um, did he respond? Me, text me at noon tomorrow. That's what he wrote. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks. We will make a time late afternoon. Hoboken. Thanks. That's what he wrote. And yeah. you just said you couldn't you couldn't do it till at night. Yeah. Cool. How are you feeling withdrawal-wise? Ignores That's, me. Yeah. Friday, 1 o'clock. Hey, man. How are we looking for tonight? Dave, this is Artie's sister. He asked me to text you. He's in the hospital. He collapsed. They're running tests. Please tell nobody right now. He says sorry. <laughs> That's terrible, I respond. Yeah. Is this Stacy? Please send my best. If there is anything I can do, please let me know. Yeah. I write. Yeah. We're always rooting for Artie and sending good vibes. And Artie's sister yeah. writes back, Yes, Artie says you're a positive presence in his life right now. And I'm like, awesome. I write, nice. Tell him when he feels up to it, he should come uh, to a meeting with me. Then the next day, I write, at at 10 to 5 at night, I write, and I was waiting tables during this, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I write, I text him at 10 to 5, how are you feeling? Yeah. And he says, I'm good. The old man would let the lie go, but already attempting recovery guy can't. I was in withdrawal yesterday and pretended to be my sister texting you. I had to go cop dope instead of doing it. Show. I didn't collapse. Wasn't in hospital. You're too good of a guy. If you still want to be in my awful chaotic existence, I'd love to pick another date to do your podcast. Sorry. Truly. I'm a junkie and fat. Artie. <laughs> I can't fucking believe that, dude. Then I said... It was fucking crazy. I said, don't be so hard on yourself, Art. No. I really appreciate the honesty. Appreciate it. Back up. What, would, what did you think when you read that? Like, what was the, for your first reaction? Do you think it was funny or like... I thought it was sad, yeah. but I thought... I was going to fuck Artie finally. <laughs> I thought he, we're going to be friends and he's going to like, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to help him. Yeah. You know, like he's coming clean. That's what, I, I mean, I, I was privy to this play by play and I was, I thought the same thing kind of, I was like, oh, maybe Dave will be, a, maybe Dave is a positive force in his life or whatever the hell pretend Stacy said. And then I write, then I write some other shit. I'm not going to. And I wrote, I wrote, I really appreciate the honesty, and yes, we'd love to try again next week on Friday. If you want to get coffee or lunch on Monday or Wednesday, I'm free, or a meeting or whatever. I'm a junkie, too. I get it, and I'm getting fatter by the day. Dave. <laughs> and then I wrote, and I'm not that good of a guy. I'm a huge fan of yours. Listen. And feel like maybe I could help somehow to give back a bit for all the laughs you've given me. Not to mention, I'm an opportunistic Jew who wants you on his stupid podcast, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah. 
And he writes back, lunch Wednesday for sure. Thanks, Dave. And I want to do the podcast for sure. I am going to need your help. So be careful. I may take you up on that. Peace. By the way, I'm going to cellar tonight with the Talon Maneve. Later tonight around 1030, if you're free, let me know. Well, I'm so glad you read that. Are you? Yeah. Do you think I, do you think I showed something that I shouldn't have showed about the art house? I, I, the truth is, I think even if he heard this episode, he probably would – I don't think he'd be mad. I think he'd think it's funny. He's, he seems like a pretty open book in general. Well, that's the Artie story. And I want to just do one more thing before we go. What else do you think about, about – do you think – here we are. It's fucking May 23rd. It's like 26, I think. May 26th. 25th. 25th. 2018. We were so close. Oh, read the Reddit thing. Read that Reddit thing. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I don't like that Reddit thing. I love it. So just read it. I don't know, man. Just to remind you guys. I downvoted this Reddit this Reddit post. What are you doing? Just for the hell of it. Oh, your service isn't great here. Dopey. Hey guys, it's Artie Lang. I'm with Dave from Dopey. We're really here. You're really gonna come on? I'm gonna come on a show. Dopey and Anthony. You're giving the word. <laughs> Dopey, Dopey and Anthony. Anthony. Yes, yes. Good. I don't hate him. Yeah, don't hate there him. it was. It was so close. Who said don't hate him? Artie did because I was saying how Artie's fans. Remember when Artie's fans were like talking shit about me? On oh, and Twitter? don't hate him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so somebody posted souls of dead animals posted on. Uh, our Reddit page, Chris ruined their only chance of getting Artie. Artie is hospitalized again, got kicked off his show on Compound Media and gets sentenced Thursday. I don't get why Dave couldn't have just had Artie on by himself. Chris would have ruined the interview like he does every other time. You blew it, boys. Artie wouldn't have been much of an appearance anyways, but still. Well, he, he makes a couple of points there. His first point is that we blew it. Hold on. And then DMT Dildo says, a prison interview over the phone might be cool. I'm no Artie fan, but just hoping Dave gets his wish. I love that DMT Dildo. And then Souls of Dead Animals responded and said, they won't get a phone interview from prison. Stupid. It's done. Well, who knows? Who knows if it's done or not? Oh, holy shit. There's all these other things in here. What? I don't know. What? Read it. Someone wrote, oh, somebody commented, I had my back. He said, geez, man, pull the stick out of your butt already. What does that mean? It means that I'm a man and that I would have made the interview. He basically saying that it's not my fault. You know what I want to talk about? What? I wasn't planning on talking about this. Yeah. I think we should talk about that uh, Harris Whittle's sister interview. Oh, wait, hold on. Before we do that, we should read, we have to read at least one of these. I posted on Instagram right before we started. That uh, we were recording and we had, are there any questions? Um, and we have 10 questions so far. First question is, Dave. Yes. When are you going to stop being mean to Chris? Never. I don't think I am mean to you. Uh, Leah says. Wait, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I want to answer that question. I don't think I am mean to you. Do you think I'm mean to you? Yes. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't think I'm mean to you. I'm not mean to you. Yeah. I, I allow you to feel something. 
<laughs> You're just a conduit for feeling. Yeah, you great. You're sweet. so numb <laughs> that you need to be horsewhipped to feel anything. Isn't uh, that possible? Okay, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. I hear you. Uh, Leah says, "How's it hanging with the new baby in the house and the new house or in the house, Dave?" We answered that. Um, some other really good ones on here. We'll do in the next episode because it doesn't take too long. Um, but here's one in the end for you. Here's something to make Dave feel better. Oh, good. I also pissed myself in sobriety last week, actually. Well, why my, does he have to remind me of this? In my car, in dead stop traffic. Ugh. Yeah. Terrible. There's a whole bunch of questions. We'll get to more of them in the next episode. But what did you want to do? I don't. Let's you don't just, do Let's it? just call it. Should we read an email real quickly? Or a review? Uh, let's do... Should we do the email just because I, I told this guy we'd read it? But will you read it? Yeah. Okay. What is his name? Van something? Oh, you can't say it. You can't. Don't say his fucking name. I said it. You didn't, didn't say the whole thing. Reginald Von Gleason? Yeah. Okay. So here. It's a, it's a little long and it's like a very rambly and I just don't want to read it. So you have to read it. I just read that whole text thing. <laughs> just read it, man. Hey, guys. Sound very effeminate when I say that. It's like one sentence. Hey Just so you know, Dopey Nation, this is like a one sentence email or something. So it's, it's. Hey guys, I love your pod. It has been a huge part. I'm going to try to read with a lower voice. Mm, than just my read it. I sound so feminine throughout the whole no, thing. I figure when I it's read in it, your head. Just you don't think it. I sound feminine? When I, I don't. Listen? I don't. Would you tell me if you did? Yes. No, you wouldn't. I would. What would you say? I'd say you sound like a little girl because that was always a primary concern. So you don't think for I me, sound for me? Do you know when you hear a funny no, story? You really sound quickly? very, very manly. Um, when when I was a kid, hmm. and my friends' parents would call to speak to my parents to like set up hangouts with my friends or whatever. Yeah. They would call, and my dad would answer the phone, and the the people would think it was my mother because my dad's voice is high. Like my voice is Your high. dad's voice isn't – it's a little high, but it's, he's gentle. He's, yeah. he's very gentle. So, spoken. so and, and uh, he's like – the friend is like, Mrs. Mannheim? And he'd be like, no, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> no. And he'd pass the phone to my mother and, they'd, and she'd be like, yes, my husband's got a high voice, but he's very masculine. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Annie just said something. Okay. No, just give us – Another one. That's right. Just read through the... the well, if there's the, another one, you don't want to check what it is? Three might mean something. You don't want to check? No, it's fine. So why are you just read the, the Just read the email. Hey, guys. You're going to have to read it quickly. I love your pod. It's long, so it's go quick. It's too long. I can't read that. Yeah, just read it. Are you kidding you me? You want me to do it? I'll fucking plow through it. goes forever. I'll oh. plow through it. He says fucking... Do you want me to read it quickly? Because Can you read it quickly? How about the people do who it. commented on the thing <laughs> and they hate toodles? There's so many people who love fucking toodles. I know that that is the only thing. That's the only <laughs> I'd way. Say stay strong, dopey nation comes second to toodles in terms of branding of our podcast. Like we could do T-shirts that say toodles. Well, we won't. We could. And severe mental illness. We haven't touched that in any. SMI. That's a thing of the past. That was a good one, though. Are you going to read this email? We can't start an email and then not read it. Hey guys, I want quick pace. Okay. What's that word? Prosody? Prosody. Is that it? I'm not familiar Is with that. Am I pronouncing word. that correctly? Uh, it doesn't sound right. All right. Hey guys, I love your pod. It has been a huge part of my sobriety. I'm about nine months into my second round of recovery. I first got sober in 2002 when I got busted stealing drugs from the hospital pharmacy where I worked. I started out taking pills. We had to throw away 
mostly patients own medic. This this kind of thing. Do you want me to read it? I started taking pills. We had to throw away mostly patients' own medications. Yes. Does that make sense to you? Read that in a way that it makes sense. We had to throw away patient mostly patients' own medications. So basically somebody fills their medication. We had to throw away mostly patients' own medication that they left behind. That makes sense. Yes. Come on, Mr. Van Gleeson. You could write better than this. Some Darvacet here, some Tylenol number three there. I justified it. Because I have a metal rod in my back from scoliosis surgery, and I had pain. But one day, it was a giant bottle of Percocet, the 10-milligram fuckers to boot. By the time I mowed those down, I was hooked. In total denial, but hooked. After that, I I devised a plan to take them right out of the safe. This is 2001, and our homemade computer system was made in, like, 1984. So I found a loophole or work around that allowed me to take the pills and the count would appear right. Fast forward to May 18th, 2002, and I'm getting married to my longtime girlfriend of five years. I don't remember much of that day at all between the pills and booze. It was a blackout. My habit was now 50 Percocet 5 milligrams a day with Oxycontin, at least 120 milligrams on top. I was an insane. I was insane and in total fucking denial. I had to put together a large stash to take with me on our honeymoon, but my denial was so bad. I figured if I ran out, it's no biggie. I'll just drink instead. No problem. So the first week was amazing. We fucked like rabbits and did all kinds of fun stuff, including swimming with dolphins. Then week two rolls around and I'm out of meds completely. I'm sick as a fucking dog. I'm puking and shitting my brains out. I have crazy restless legs and I can't sleep at all. I told my wife it was food poisoning. Then I said maybe I caught some bug or whatever. I ruined absolutely everything. We barely went anywhere. I honestly don't remember how I got through it and don't remember how much of it today. I think my brain has suppressed it or something. That night... There was my first step. That right there was my first step nine amend. So we get home and everyone comes over to see pictures and get their souvenirs. And all I can think of is get the fuck out so she can go to sleep and I can sneak down to the pharmacy, which is closed at that time of the day. So I sneak down to do my thing and take a big handful of perks and mix up a bottle of pink amoxicillin. I make sure a maternity nurse sees me so I can explain how my niece has an ear infection and needs some antibiotics. All I can think is what a sick, twisted fuck I am for doing this. I get home and I'm feeling better, but not great. But I finally black out and sleep. Fast forward to August, and as I walk in for my evening shift, my supervisor is there waiting and asks me to come with her to Human Services, where they lay out piles of printouts showing my activities. It's all over, and my stomach is one big knot, and I just freak out and confess everything. I spend a week detoxing in my own hospital with every nurse looking at me like I'm the lowest form of life on earth and of course I'm on suicide watch. I went to an amazing inpatient program that had a special subgroup for medical professionals. I spent three months there and it completely changed my life. Everything they did there was 12-step based and the first thing my scared ass did when I got home was hit a meeting. I did drug court, surrendered my pharmacy license, and ended up taking a job at Burger King because I couldn't get hired anywhere else. My wife, to her credit, stayed until 2007 but cheated and got knocked up by the other guy. In 2010, with eight years of sobriety, I got dumped again after a two-year relationship and said to my 
closing kitchen guy, I wish I could just get baked and forget this shit for a few hours. He said he would be right back. He gave me a 20 bag and that was it. I became a daler smoker as long as I could afford it. I eventually dabbled with pills and made sure to never use for more than three days in a week. They were expensive anyway, so it was like a blue moon luxury. In 2013, I lost my right leg to osteomyelitis. Osteomyelitis. I told them when I went in, I was an addict and said, please stay uh, pain-free with minimal stuff, and we did. I kept smoking weed. I found a better dealer and upgraded to Dank Medical on a daily basis. Dabbled with pills again here and there, but still never a priority. The weed kept me sane and numbed the depression I was in. I never wanted to leave the house, even though I had a prosthetic. In 2016, I lost my left leg to osteomyelitis again. To osteomyelitis. This time I went to a different hospital and I kept my mouth shut about my addiction and, and got absolutely nuked with Dilaudid. I stayed in the hospital nursing home for two months, getting my joy pills every four hours, and the IV breakthrough shots were divine. I got sent home with 96 pills and told to wean off. Yeah, right. I started doing pills with my best friend, also the girl I have crushed on and been in love with for eight years. She moved in and our pill source ran out soon after. Her ex introduced us to heroin and we went on an eight-month bender. Everything went to smack and we almost got evicted, but my parents bailed us out. It gave us a chance to turn things around and stay together in our twisted, codependent nightmare of a relationship. But two months later... I hit my bottom. I called a rehab and told my saint of a mother the truth. I left her behind, which I thought I could never do. I've been sober ever since. Now I'm starting to taper off my Suboxone. I'm just a few weeks from graduating, and I have made a ton of friends in the rooms of NA and on Twitter with the sober posse, uh, recovery posse, and, of course, Dopey Nation. I found your podcast mostly by accident, but you guys really made me feel like I could make it and showed me it was okay to laugh again. So if you find any of this interesting and air it, I will be fucking honored. Stay strong and, of course, toodles. Holy shit. It was long, but it was worth it, right? Oh, my God. That's a yeah. tough story. Yeah. And I can't say his name. You already Don't just call him Adam. This Adam is a, a big-time member of our uh, Twitter group. He's always... Always has something good to say. Yeah. Always very supportive. And I had no idea. Like, I've been so wrapped up with the baby in the house. I haven't been reading anything. Like, I've just been trying to stay above it. And, like, holy shit, what a horrible story. Yeah. I mean, we have a bunch of emails to read, but I bumped that one up because it's pretty fucking good, right? It's, it's great deep. Story. Lost both his fucking legs to osteomyelitis. Like, he's doesn't have missing legs. He's got prosthetics, right? I guess. I don't know how it works. Adam, do you have prosthetics? And guess who I heard from, by the way, after the last episode? Hot Wheels? Yeah. No way. He said... Did you hear somebody lives really close to him? Yeah, who was that? The military guy. The turn we heard and, from turn, him today, turn too. Turn and burn. Um, check this out. Fucking Adam, man. Thank you for the email. That's yeah, really... Yeah, thank you, Adam, man. And then be in touch. Send mm-hmm. us a voicemail. Be in touch. Be in touch. Here, check it out. 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 Where are you, you fucker? Where? Oh, he says, "I'll do it in my I'll do it in my Hot Wheels voice." Yeah. How dare you? You think I don't listen? I shall be leaving a voice memo since I don't listen anymore. I'm probably one of your first ten fans. He still listens. Yeah. Oh wow. I wrote ha ha ha. Sorry, and he wrote, "It's all good, brother man." 
<laughs> I'm just giving you shit. You never got back to me when you were going to call on the Tuesday you were recording. I know you two are busy and stuff. I'll leave a voice thing. I guess I have fans asking about me, so I must humbly answer the call. Congratulations on your life stuff. I'm happy for you. Awesome. And Thanks, there is Brian. a next episode we're going to play a voice memo where somebody uh, gives mad props to Hot Wheels. And maybe we'll call him. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Hot uh, Wheels, thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, we'd love to have you and around. And stay strong, my brothers and sisters, in and out of recovery. And uh, drop us a review on iTunes. Yeah, how, we're losing reviews. Somehow. I know. We, yeah, we literally we get two reviews and we lose three. And I think what three. happens is that like people lose their iTunes membership. Yeah, or something. Are they in the something terrible happens to them? Yeah, it's like that's the nature of our population. They're all fucked up. Yeah. All right. Well, stage strong, dopey nation, and most importantly, it's not. Don't even say it. And most importantly, how about there was there's a guy who wrote because I hate I don't like saying toodles and stuff, and I, I, I like that you say it. I don't like how important you think it is, but I like that you say it. I just say it at the end. No, it's not that simple. But. Somebody had written something. Oh, it's because I remember I had posted a YouTube video where I teach how to play Good So Bad. And I wrote it. I said at the end of it, just stay strong, Dopey Nation. And, and he commented, when I hear stay strong, Dopey Nation, it's like getting a blowjob. And then instead of getting coming. Well, he said, when I hear stay strong, Dopey Nation without hearing toodles, it's like getting a blowjob. And instead of coming, getting kicked in the balls. <laughs> oh, man. Toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desires all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand And I wonder would they pay it any mind Busted city far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And it's all I ever had
fucking looking man that's all I ever had. And I'm